Today's episode is all about self-care, but not the kind of self-care you might be thinking about. I want to demystify self-care for mothers and make it more accessible. Hi and welcome to Mom 2.0, the podcast that's all about restoring your natural energy and becoming the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Vicky Hapala. Let's get started. So on today's episode, I'm going to be giving you what I like to think of as the three low-hanging fruit when it comes to self-care. Like I said, you might not even think of these as self-care, but they are, and they're really important, and I think a great way for any mother to start. I used to roll my eyes when someone mentioned self-care. I thought of it as a luxury that wasn't available to me, and maybe you feel that same way too. In fact, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say self-care? For me, it was spa days. Out of reach right now, but a great thought for future me. See, we like to complicate things. Not just us mothers, but humans in general. We like to think that if something's too good to be true, then it probably is, because that's what we've been told. I'll give you an example here. I started hearing all about the benefits of walking and how it was far superior to running in terms of weight loss. And I used to think, uh, if walking has all of these benefits and it's really been shown in studies to be better for overall health and more effective at fat reduction than running, wouldn't everyone be doing it? Because it's way easier and it's more enjoyable. So I thought it couldn't be true. And I'd go running and I wouldn't lose any weight and I would think that it was me, that I wasn't doing enough, I wasn't doing it properly, you know, whatever, I wasn't running fast enough. And I would up it and I would push myself until I just didn't feel really good. Small side note here, I actually enjoy jogging and it's got loads of benefits. I'm not going to go into the science of it all now and why walking is far superior to running in terms of fat loss, but I just wanted to highlight the way that we all like to think. We complicate everything. More is better. Harder is better. But it's not. And especially when it comes to self-care. Don't get me wrong. A spa day would be great, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing. What I'm going to talk to you about in the show is three simple and effective self-care strategies that are going to make all the difference in the way you feel starting now. And best of all, it's going to be a compound effect, meaning that the more you do it, more your energy is going to increase and just quite simply, the happier you're going to be over time. Because really, no one needs you to be a martyr. Your kids don't need you to sacrifice your health and your happiness by giving everything you have to everyone else. They don't need that, and they definitely don't want that. They want a happy, healthy mother who has energy to play with them. That's what I decided a couple of years ago. I didn't want my kids growing up with a mother who was tired, stressed out all the time, and not really present with them. So let's get started on these three strategies that are going to transform the way that you approach self-care. Number one is sleep. To me, sleep is the ultimate form of self-care. And I know, I know, your mothers, you're not getting a lot of sleep, you're getting loads of broken sleep, I get it. What we're talking about is quality over quantity. My oldest daughter will be five in a few days. And 
in those five years, she has slept through the night less than 10 times. And those are quite recent. For the first two years of her life, she slept on me or in my armpit. So I get it. I know how you're feeling right now. And you're, and you're thinking, how can she be talking to me about sleep right now? I get it. But there are steps you can take to maximize the time you're, you're getting in bed that are going to have a dramatic change on the way you sleep. Because we all know that feeling when you get a great night's sleep. Maybe it hasn't happened in a while. Maybe it's really rare for you these days. But you know that feeling. You know what I'm talking about. Stacking conditions in your favor to create more of that feeling. There are a lot of factors that go into getting better quality sleep. And I really don't want to overwhelm you with all of it. If you would like more details about sleep, I have a free guide that you can download by going to guide.vickihapala.com forward slash sleep. I know that's kind of long. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. And if you go there, you can download my free guide that has five additional steps to getting better quality sleep. What I'm going to share with you today is not in that guide. And it's something that I learned from the book Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. In there, Sean talks about the money hours, the hours between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., where research has shown that you get more quality, up to twice as much quality sleep during those hours. This has to do with your hormones and your body's natural circadian rhythm, and there's a lot more science behind it. But what you need to know now is that if you get to bed by 10 p.m., and you get even one hour of unbroken sleep during that time, that will give you more quality sleep than one hour of sleep at, say, 4 a.m. So this is just one strategy, and it's something that you can really use in your favor now that you know it, know about it. If it's really inaccessible to you, if you work a night shift, for instance, then download my sleep guide and pick one of the other strategies to get started today. Okay, number two is walking. So I already talked a little bit about walking in the intro and the benefits. So before I get into how to incorporate some extra steps into your already jam-packed day, here are some benefits of walking that have been proven by studies. It has been proven to reduce body fat, lower blood pressure, regulate your blood sugar. This is especially important um, about 30 minutes after a meal reduce stress, and increase energy, among many other things. And what's important to note here is that studies have shown that 15 minutes is all you need to get many of these benefits. So again, it doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to carve out an hour each day to get these benefits. Because let's be honest, an hour of time alone, I mean, that's inaccessible to most of us. So here are some ways that you can use to get creative. And just so you know, I used to be the person saying there was no way I could get even 15 minutes alone to go for a walk. And these days, I'm getting at least an hour each day. But it's spread throughout the day, and and it's something that I've made a non-negotiable for myself. So one of the easiest ways you can do this is if you're in a relationship or you have a family member or a friend who lives close by, when that person finishes work for the day, Arrange with them to give you 15 minutes on your own. My husband used to leave for work around 5 a.m. and often only got home around 10 p.m. So at first, this wasn't an option for me. But I got creative 
And these days, if I haven't hit my step goal, you'll see me pacing around the kitchen and getting my steps in. Honestly, I first scoffed at that idea. I was like, that just sounds so stupid to me, walking around my kitchen. But it it counts. It matters. Another way that I up my steps these days is I choose to walk to the grocery store instead of driving. I'm fortunate enough to have a grocery store that's about 15-minute walk each way, and so that's accessible to me. Again, if it's not, choose something else. Get creative. I'll walk and fetch my kids from school if I can. And a lot of the time now, I'll take my kids to a playground. And while, they are, while they're playing, I will do laps around the playground. It's not technically alone time, but it still counts. In the summertime, I'll wake up early and go for a walk while everyone else is still sleeping. If you have a baby and you're one of those people who has a baby who actually enjoys sleeping in the stroller, start like that. It is better when you're alone because you don't have the responsibility, but use what you've got right now. Get creative. Take those stolen moments in the day. You have to make time for yourself. No one else is going to do it for you. Okay, on to number three. And this one is nutrition, giving your body what it needs to become healthy. And I know this doesn't seem like self-care. We all eat, right? But there are varying degrees of this. So if right now you are eating a lot of comfort food, no judgment, we've all been there, don't go and throw it all out and try and eat everything healthy. It's not sustainable. What I suggest instead is that you eat one thing every day that you know is good for you and that you actually enjoy eating. It's also best to do this, if you can, first thing in the morning because studies have shown that by starting your day with a green smoothie or a high-protein breakfast, you end up making healthier choices and eating less throughout the day. So some options here are, like I mentioned, a green smoothie, Eggs are a great way to start your day or any other high-protein food. A chai seed pudding is one I'm loving at the moment, and it's a good option if you're not into eggs. The great thing about that one is you can make it the night before, so it's all done for you when you wake up. Whatever you choose, make it simple and something you really enjoy, because if you don't enjoy it, you won't continue doing it. If you already eat what you would consider to be healthy, look for new ways to get extra nutrition that perhaps you're missing out on. You could add something like collagen or protein powder to your morning routine. Um, Anything that adds extra nutrients and benefits. By upgrading our nutrition, even the smallest bit, you will start having the snowball effect where you actually start craving more of these foods because your body knows that it's getting nutrients from them. Giving your body what it needs will increase your energy, make you stronger and more resilient. These are the goals of self-care. Being healthy or eating healthy is also a goal that all of us have for our kids. We're always trying to find new ways to get our kids to eat more vegetables. And kids will do what you do long before they do what you say. So when they see you eating healthier, they're going to get curious and they're going to want to try. And over time, it's going to develop into your family culture. That's just the way you eat. So again, I know it's not easy to start doing these things for yourself and taking time for yourself, you're going to feel guilty and it's a big mental shift that's not going to happen overnight. 
but by making these small changes, over time, you are going to see the compound effect. You're going to have more energy to give back to your family and your relationships are going to improve. You will start feeling more confident and you're going to have better body image. You'll start thinking clearly and start thriving instead of just getting by. So choose to do something for yourself today. Take one of these. Don't overcomplicate it and don't feel like your life should change by tomorrow. We are looking for sustainable 1% changes that compound over time to restore you to your naturally vibrant self. I have no doubt that you will feel some degree of better very, very soon, especially when you start changing your sleep. But don't be discouraged by slow progress. And remember to celebrate the small wins. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And don't forget to hit subscribe on your way out. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate if you would take the time to give me a review. And please feel free to share it with anyone you think it could help. Also, don't forget to download your free sleep guide at vickihapala.com. Mm-hmm.